Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknett. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, folks. So welcome to another episode of The Miracle Moment. Today, we have another amazing, uh, wonderful success story for you from our Migrant Neverland member, Kim Yi, who uh, shares tons of great wisdom uh, in this podcast, doesn't she, Jen? She sure does. And particularly uh, uh, addressing the topic of rebound headache and getting off the medications is something that we get a lot of questions about. Uh, we've talked about how critical it is, a, uh, a part of the plan, how it's one of the three pillars of migraine freedom. But we know there are lots of people who struggle with that particular part, uh, and it's oftentimes the big uh, breakthrough that many people make. And that's certainly the case for Kim, and she's certainly uh, a wealth of uh, great wisdom on how to think about uh, going through that process and how she uh, got through it at an incredibly challenging time to do so. So um, if that if you have struggled in any way with the medication piece, this is definitely a conversation not to be missed. All in all, this interview is chocked full of wisdom, which is so often true with our conversations with our Migrant Everland members. You've probably heard me say before that I think that our members are one of the greatest resources of being part of Migrant Everland. So if you want to follow in Kim's footsteps and take advantage of all the resources inside of Migraine Everland. You can learn more by going to mymigrainemiracle.com and clicking on the resources tab at the top menu, which will take you through all of our uh, nine primary resources, including Migraine Everland. So without further delay, here is our interview with Kim Yi. So I am uh, delighted to have on the podcast today, Kim Yi. Hi, Kim. Good morning. So Kim is one of our beloved Migrant Neverland members who not long ago shared a pretty significant victory with us on our forum that we were all very excited about and has been generous enough to share her story with us on the podcast today. So Kim, maybe can you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Yeah, so I'm a lawyer and a mom and uh, have a very busy, active life. I've had migraines since I was, I had headaches starting when I was a child. And looking back, I think sugar was probably a big trigger. I would often get them after I would eat things like apples. At one point, we thought I actually had an allergy to apples. In my teens, I started to get menstrual migraines. And I wasn't diagnosed with migraine until I was in my very early 20s. I didn't get an aura or anything with them. And so it took a while for my doctor to suggest migraine medication. Mm -hmm. And once I took it, it worked instantly. Mm -hmm. I was given a sample of Zomig and uh, went home. And next migraine I got, I took it in it within half an hour. I was back on my feet again. Right. Magic. Um, which, of course... Yeah, seemed like magic at the time. <laughs> yeah. And then through, I was really just getting them around my cycle to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then after I started taking the Zomig, I started getting them more frequently, but I attributed that to, I was in law school at the time and thought it was just, you know, additional stress. And mm -hmm. 
I started to become more sensitive to things like chocolate and wine and caffeine, and I never had been before. Mm-hmm. And so slowly those things, I started having to eliminate those things from my diet. And then it became, I started to get migraines when the weather would change and mm-hmm. migraines when I had a cold and, or, you know, sinus congestion, all sorts of different things started to trigger them. Mm-hmm. And I've, tried a variety of different medications over the years from, you know, blood pressure medication to Topamax seizure medication. Uh The only thing that really worked for me was nortriptyline for a period of time, but it was very brief. It was just in the beginning of taking that medication. Right. As you know, with a lot of these medications, physicians will tell patients to keep increasing. Mm-hmm. And so I would do that for a period of time and then wouldn't drive any benefits. We'd try something else. I've had Botox over the years, like I said, a variety of other medications, mm-hmm. you know, including things to treat the migraines, like acute attacks, so anti-inflammatories. And um, things really, you know, were sort of up and down through my 20s and 30s. And then when I got pregnant with my first son, they improved quite a bit, but during that pregnancy, my doctor had prescribed MTech to take instead of taking Zomig was typically the medication I would take right. when I had a migraine and would work fairly well. Although I do know now over the years, the amount of that medication certainly increased over time. Mm-hmm. And so during that pregnancy, I took MTech and I only had a couple of migraines throughout the whole pregnancy, which was great. But as soon as my son was born, they returned and were even worse, I would say, for a period of time, probably due to, you know, hormonal changes and that sort of thing. Then when I was pregnant with my second son, I had many more headaches during that pregnancy and had to use the MTech more regularly. And after he was born, really is when the rails sort of came off in terms of my migraines being, I would say, out of control. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it was partly the use of MTech, as you know, it's a combination of Tylenol and codeine. Right. And I think it was probably, you know, just lack of sleep, stress, hormones, the use of MTech. And it just, like I said, they were really quite out of control. Mm-hmm. He's three and a half now. So the last few years, I've really tried a number of things to get them back under control. And and at times they were better than others. Mm -hmm. When I discovered your program, I had actually been doing a Whole30 um, and was doing some reading about migraines and nutrition. I had been eating paleo for a while before that, or mostly paleo. I would still the odd time eat bread and things like that, but mostly eating a paleo diet. And then I did a Whole30, which led me to Google paleo and migraines. Uh-huh. And your book came up and uh, I gave it a read and it just made a whole lot of sense to me. I was already eating quite healthy. And so in terms of changes, the diet part was probably the easiest for me. Right. And then the lifestyle changes, you know, I read a lot of books on optimal performance and things like that. And the principles in your book were so consistent with things that I already really you know, believed in and changes that I already had made or wanted to make. Mm -hmm. So it all made a lot of sense, but it was, it was great because it was talking about all of these things with a specific focus on migraine. And so, and as you know, you know, not all keto is ideal for migraine or keto meals that people would, (laughs) 
would Absolutely. <laughs> consider to be keto. Not all of that is good for a person who suffers from migraine. So right. it was really nice to have to, to be able to look at your program. And then I became a member of your website, and I think fairly quickly because it was just, you know, the cost in terms of what the way I looked at it was like, you know, the cost of one Botox treatment essentially here in Canada, you (laughs) know, that was the membership for the year for your website. So for me, it was just a very small investment with potentially large upside. And so I signed up immediately and did a lot of reading and, you know, implemented most of your plan except for addressing the rebound part. I just couldn't imagine not taking Zomeg and being able to function. As I mentioned, I'm a lawyer and I have a full-time practice and my, I have two young kids, three and five, and um, just the pace of my everyday, I just really couldn't imagine not being able to take Zomeg for migraines. Sure. And so I went, I did most everything in your program and even went keto for the first time last summer, which I was actually amazed when I went keto and I felt the changes amazed that your body can do this and shift gears in that way. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it is cool. Yeah. And I know the day that I sort of slipped into ketosis and I, Mm -hmm. I had done the test strips just to kind of confirm and, you know, I definitely felt, you know, a difference physically and my headaches did improve. You know, I was still getting migraines, but a lot of the little sort of headaches I was getting got much better and I just felt better eating keto. So I remained on keto for for several months and then sort of gave it a break around Christmas. And this January, I started doing some interval training and was found that to be such a huge trigger for migraine. Mm -hmm. And which was odd for me because I've always been quite active and never before have I had issues with getting back to being active as soon as I would work out. Later in the day, when the sort of muscle inflammation would set in, I would get horrible migraines. And by March, and I decided, I, I thought, oh, I'm going to exercise my way through this. <laughs> um, and I'll get back to, you know, because exercise has been one of the things that's been very good for my migraines over the years. Mm-hmm. The times when I've had most control over them have been when I've been most active. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to push through this. And it just got worse. And by March, the beginning of March, I just really felt like I was visiting the pharmacy more than I ought to be, you know, in terms of getting a refill for the Zomeg. I found that the medications weren't working as well. You know, it went from needing to take a Zomeg to a Zomeg with a Tylenol to, you know, Zomeg with a Tylenol and an anti-inflammatory. Sometimes caffeine as well would be something Mm -hmm. that would help in a real pinch. So those were sort of the things I was using most often. I stopped using the Emtech quite a long time ago because of its propensity for a rebound headache. Right. Uh-huh. And reading your book really solidified that for me, the importance of not taking those medications at all. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but even the Zomeg stopped working some of the time. And so I just really felt like the only path to wellness was to stop taking these medications. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I, in mid-March is when I stopped taking Zomeg altogether. And so I'm coming up on 90 days. I had to take nice. one tablet in the whole 90 days. Just I had a work commitment that I couldn't, I yep. couldn't work around. So it was sort of an emergency situation. But the changes have been incredible. 
I'm still really struggling with menstrual migraines around the time of my cycle. Mm -hmm. Those are essentially the only migraines I'm getting now. Prior to addressing rebound headaches, I was getting very frequent. It was almost daily headaches. I would wake up with them. If it wasn't a migraine, it was certainly a headache. Mm -hmm. And after, you know, going off trip dance completely, those headaches have gone away completely. And the good days, you know, the days where I'm migraine free are, you know, many of them are sort of 10 out of 10 in terms of being pain free. Right. So it's really, I've noticed such a big difference. The first, I would say week was rough. I had quite a few sort of rebound headaches the first week. And then I think I had some the second week, but it really tapered off. And then I've sort of settled into this, I don't want to say routine, but, you know, cycle of where I'll be fine for two weeks or so. And then around the time of ovulation, I'll Mm -hmm. have a migraine. And then again, around the time when I'm supposed to have my period. So it's really, those are the pesky sort of stubborn Mm -hmm. migraines that I'm still working on. Yeah. But the days in between have been great. I just feel so much more clear and being, I don't even think I realized how much of a drag it was on my system, so to speak, to have this constant pain and be trying to work around it. And before I stopped taking the trip downs, the migraines were much more severe. Like now I can definitely say that they've improved in terms of the length of time that I have them for and Mm -hmm. the severity. So things have improved significantly. Mm -hmm. That's a really great story that there's so many things (laughs) that I could could, uh, go back to there. I want to go back to when you kind of reached a point or you made the decision to really tackle the rebound issue, the medication issue, because you're in a scenario that I know a lot of people get into, you know, you're a full-time job, a lot of responsibilities, taking care of kids. You don't see how you're going to like the idea of not taking anything, like you said, seems, you know, I can't figure out how that's going to work. So what do you think got you to the point where you finally decided, I got to do something? And then how did you actually navigate it once you did? Like I said, I think that just because the medications weren't working anyway, I felt like I really had nothing to lose. Uh And, you know, I've been listening to your podcast for a long time and just hearing the stories of other people who were like me, who had Mm -hmm. jobs and kids and, and even just listening to your story. That you know, even as a physician, you were able to to <laughs> make that transition from using abortive medications, and so it was really just I think frustration and having just felt like it was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really felt like there was this real paradox between you know, other than having migraines, I'm healthy and great, so, right. but I felt like I was each day. I felt like I was just so uncomfortable and not myself. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I was unable to do things that were, you know, relatively easy before and would never give me a migraine. The fact that just even working out consistently gave me issues, you know, told me that something had really changed, you know, in terms of getting rebound headaches. And I fully, you know, when I read through the checklist of things or symptoms that point to the fact that a person is suffering rebound, I had essentially all of them. Mm-hmm. And so there was no denying that that the medication was contributing. And certain things like the medication, I would take it and it would make my headache worse, you know, after right. taking it. Yes. I was experiencing that as well. I've always functioned at a high level despite having this condition, which has been, you know, quite 
a big part of my life since my 20s for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. And managing it has been this constant, whether it be through pregnancy or through, you know, navigating law school and articling and all of that. I've always had to manage this condition and it just, it was becoming more complex. And the real sort of eye opener for me is how often I was having to refill the medication. And that's just, felt again like such a paradox because I felt otherwise so healthy. Right. And so and your book really had the roadmap or the plan for the way out of that. And so it just the more I listened to other people's stories and the more I read, the more I realized that that's what I needed to do and there was no doubt about it. You know, I was having these days where I was finding myself in bed a lot more which was, you know, when I used Zomig before, it mm-hmm. worked quite well, and it was sort of, that was sort of the key to me being functional. And I've missed in the past very little work or had very little downtime as a result of migraines, even though I suffered quite a bit with them. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. But it was becoming more and more that I would find myself in bed, which was really hard because, I, like I said, I have kids, and I certainly didn't want to. And it would be, you know, come on, suddenly we would be doing something, and then I would find myself up in bed for a day. And that certainly wasn't the way that I wanted to be. So I just decided to make some really consistent changes. And my husband has been extremely supportive throughout this whole process and really, you know, sort of created the, you know, support system I needed to be able to take some time to just address this. Right. And like I said, the first couple of weeks I spent, you know, a fair bit of time in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just decided to take it one day at a time, one migraine at a time, mm-hmm. and told myself that if I needed to take the Zomig, you know, to manage work and family commitments, that I would do that. Mm-hmm. But that the goal was to really just reduce the amount of medication. And so when I set out to reduce the amount of medication I was taking, it wasn't the plan that I was going to stop taking the tryptans completely, but I ended up doing that. You know, as you've talked about on your website, in your book, mindset is so important. And I think just looking at it that way, that it wasn't, you know, I wasn't committing to doing this forever. Um, I was just going to, you know, do it for a small period of time, kind of looking at it in that way in smaller chunks, I think Mm -hmm. made it manageable. And so I really decided to just take it one migraine at a time. And at the time in mid-March, I was in the midst of preparing for a trial. And so it was a stressful period, but I literally thought, it's never going to be the right time or the perfect time right, to do right. this. So I'm just going to do it. And like I said, within two weeks, I was feeling so much better. And I, when I look back on it now, I think to myself, why didn't I do that sooner? <laughs> because like I said, I discovered your book about, I would say maybe two years ago and have come back to it over and over again, you know, and now that I look back at it, you know, rebound is the, I mean, it's all the way you describe it as pillars is a very uh, accurate analogy, but the rebound piece is like the key to all of it. I, you know, having gone through all of this now, I can say that that has been the biggest piece for me. And before I was convinced that I could maybe just, you know, um, right, right. With diet changes. <laughs> Skirt around I was that. very disciplined right. with all the other things. Right. You know, I really fully committed to all the other things. And being on a ketogenic diet wasn't difficult for me. And I actually really gravitated towards that way of eating in the first place. So mm-hmm. it just, the rebound though was the last sort of piece that needed to fall into place for me. And um, I know it's a hard piece for so many people. 
but in my mind, I had actually thought it was going to be worse than what it was. Yeah. And it was difficult and it does take, you know, it has been, my whole family has been really supportive and even friends as well, understanding the fact that I'm on this diet, you know, and that I need to sort of manage stress and sleep and all of those things. But, you know, I think, yeah, the biggest thing, the biggest part of it, biggest change that had the greatest effect for me was certainly reducing the amount of medication. My husband and I joke, my pharmacist probably wonders where I, if I moved or, <laughs> about you, right? uh, or, or what happened because I was literally, I felt like I was, I would always get 12, so maybe at a time. Right. And for example, in the first couple of weeks of March, I had used 14 tablets of Zomig in the first two weeks. Yeah. Um, and that when I, when I started tracking things, I was like, this is just, you know, crazy. And it wasn't that I had used them every day. It was more like on the days that I had migraines, it would take two, three, four right. tablets to make it through the day. Yeah. And then I still had days that were better, but I would commonly wake up with a dull ache in my head that would sometimes progress to a migraine over the course of the day. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't uncommon for me to take Tylenol or Advil, even on the days when I didn't have migraines. And it just felt like I really don't like taking medication at all. And so I just felt, again, like it was this paradox. I was becoming more and more a version of myself that was you know, not recognizable or not the way I wanted to live my life. So the commitment to doing this was just, I really, really, truly had had enough of taking the medication. And so, yeah, just one day decided today is the day I'm not going to, I'm just going to tough out the migraine. And I hadn't done that for a long time since I was mm. pregnant, probably. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I had toughed the mountain pregnancy because I had the MTEC. So I truly hadn't sort of ridden a migraine out for probably since my early 20s, you know, prior to being prescribed the Zomig. Mm -hmm. The Zomig had become such a part of my day-to-day, -day, like I wouldn't leave the house without it. I had some in my nightstand. I had some in my bathroom, like, you know, right. and then, yes. you know, as the migraines got worse, I started to notice the wrappers every, you know, right. and I was just, again, like this realization that this was not at all within my control any longer. Yeah. So toughing it out was hard, but the strategies, you know, I used a lot of the strategies that you talk about in your book and on your website, things that you can do that don't involve medication. And they were really, you know, helped me to get through that. And then just telling myself that this was, once I made it through the first migraine, it was actually quite liberating yes. um, that I had done it without medication. I think I had taken Tylenol just to take the edge off the pain. But other than that, I let the migraine sort of subside on, on its own. And then that happened, started to happen more and more quickly. They wouldn't last as long mm -hmm. and they weren't as painful. Mm -hmm. And so I started to see improvements pretty quickly, which was motivating. I realized that the longer I went without taking a trip down, the better it would be. And that if I took one, I would be sort of, you know, taking a few steps back by doing that. And so I really just did my best to stop taking them all together. And like I said, I only took one tablet in the 90 days and it's been now. Yeah. 
It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that would like to see happen is for more folks to not have to get to that point where you reached, where it finally kind of decided to do this and read and um, get people earlier. Is there anything that you can think of that if you were to be able to go back and talk to yourself maybe a year ago or talk to someone else who's in this similar situation that you were in, anything you think you could have said to yourself then, you know, knowing what you know now that would have maybe could have motivated you to go down that path even sooner? I think just realizing that there is this course of events that most of your readers and patients go through and realizing it's not a matter of if it's going to happen, you know, the improvement, Right. it's a matter of when. And so it does involve tweaking. Certainly, Mm -hmm. as I mentioned earlier, I'm still getting migraines and I'm still getting them about twice a month. Mm -hmm. And so it's not an all or nothing sort of thing. I mean, it takes tweaking and figuring out what's going to work, but it, I definitely followed a certain course when I started when I stopped taking the trip dance, I, there was a, as so many of your readers describe, and that's why having the community of people that have gone through this yeah. is so helpful. Many of the other resources online that I had looked at before were really negative and pain focused. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not, wasn't a physician and a, a fellow migraine sufferer, you know, mm-hmm. it was the focus of, your group is so diff- so much different and very positive compared to a lot of the other things that are online out there. Yeah. And frankly, there's, there's a lot of misinformation out there <laughs> just about how to manage migraines. And, you know, I've been to many doctors over the years and I'm sure they had the best of intentions. But, you know, when I was first diagnosed with migraines, I remember I was in university at the time. And the neurologist gave me an entire sample box of Zomig. And that was all, you know, you have migraines, here are these medications. Right. And he knew I was a student and they were very expensive at that time. So he was just being I'm helpful for sure, but it set me off on a course that led to this trajectory over time that, you know, I have, there have been times when I have used much less Zomeg and my migraines were really under control. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for the most part, it was increasing use over time. And just my migraines evolved, I would say. Right. Like I said, in the beginning, they were just, you know, mainly hormones was were the big trigger. Yeah. And then it became all sorts of things and food and then, you know, sitting in the sun for too long or just everything seemed to become a migraine trigger. Right. And then we did, it's so common not to recognize that the medications are playing any role in that. You think it's the common conception is just that they're helping you through it and then you need them, but we we don't realize that it's kind of sets you up for this endless cycle of becoming increasingly sensitive with more and more environmental triggers adding up because they're ultimately, you know, making you more vulnerable over the long run. So Really super important concept to understand. You know, I wanted to say, I'm so, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I'm so excited for you because you are only 90 days in and you're Mm -hmm. already experiencing so much progress and it only gets better from here. So, you know, the longer your body has to heal. So I'm so excited for you. Yeah. You mentioned the, uh, the menstrual migraines and we, you also mentioned that this progression one of the things that's been that's so remarkable like you talked about 
was that we see the same sort of progression from every person who kind of goes down this road. And that was one of the reasons for creating the phases. But that includes menstrual migraines being kind of the last thing that we see mm-hmm. fall. And that was one reason we added the um, menstrual migraine protocol to the uh, Beastler Training Academy because it was so consistent. People would you know, make the progress and then this would be the last little piece to fall. So we like, That's right. wanted to take care of that. But I think the um, you mentioned that that hearing that there was this typical progression was important for you. And I, I agree. I think that's a really important point to make is that we just see that time and again happening. And what you mentioned about one of the things we often commonly hear is when someone has taken, made the decision, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do, we'll do what I can to minimize the abortives that things while they're, you know, not fun initially, the improvements tend to happen a lot faster than expected. Yeah, it was it was quite quick. Yeah. Got a lot of great information from your story. And I know it's going to help a ton of people. Like you say, that's, you know, you hearing others sharing this kind of story helped you. And I'm absolutely certain is hearing your story is going to help a lot of folks, you know, finally make the progress, especially those who have put in the effort for the diet and lifestyle stuff that you've already done. We see that commonly folks make really rapid progress after when addressing the medication piece because those other elements are in place. So you're already kind of poised to reap those benefits. So really yeah, appreciate I, I had stopped keto around Christmas, but then, you know, I was still very much eating a paleo diet until March. And then I realized that going keto for me was probably going to be something that would really help me through the initial period of rebound. And it did Yeah. Um, because for the first couple of weeks, I really felt like I was teetering on the edge of a migraine at all times mm-hmm. and being on a keto diet during that period, I think really helped. But I had, like I said, I'd been on it for a long time. So it wasn't another stressor for my body, so to speak, right. to be on that type of an eating plan. And I have to say, I really, the meals on your website are amazing. They've become... <laughs> Some of them have become our family uh, favorites and go-to meals for That's sure. Awesome. Great. My kids eat a lot of the meals that are on your plan and enjoy Fantastic. them. Um, Great. And uh, my husband, like I said, has been really incredibly supportive and, you know, just having, I think, support and family involved in the process is so helpful too. That's mm-hmm. the other thing I would say yeah, for sure for people that are making that change to really involve your family members and so that everybody's aware of what you're going through and what the progression is going to look like. And everybody is aware of the things that you need to do to make that work. And there have been times where, you know, if I felt discouraged and wanted to have a cheat meal, my husband would sort of give me a nudge and and remind (laughs) me of how important it was to stay on track. And and that's important. And and there were moments too, where I was just in so much pain and felt like taking a trip down so badly because Mm -hmm. I knew, you know, I felt like if I did, I'd be able to get back to my life within 15 minutes. But I know that that's not always the case because the medications weren't working as well. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, as I said, was a key piece for me is just feeling like I really had no other choice. I knew that if I kept taking the medications that, you know, it was just going to get worse and worse and I was going to have to take more. And I certainly don't want to do damage to my body, you know, because of this condition, which is not something that needs to be it's a very odd condition to have because it can make you feel so awful, but otherwise you can be perfectly healthy. Right. Exactly. Um, And yeah, it's something that obviously takes a concerted effort to manage, but it is, I would say to others that are 
thinking about taking that step, it's definitely doable and baby steps are the key and, you know, one migraine at a time, right. um, committing for a small period of time, but yet giving it a chance because, you know, it, it does take several weeks for sure to see significant changes and to break rebound. Right. Um, but once that happens, it's definitely, I've experienced the, many of the things that your other readers have and people on your podcast Mm-hmm. have experienced and the podcasts are extremely helpful that was probably one of the biggest motivators for me is just listening to other people who I would listen and hear people talk and think that is exactly <laughs> me right um, so many times when I've been listening I've related to so much about what people have said and what they'd gone through and um, that really convinced me that it was something that was going to be doable. Yeah. But even then, like the thought of going 90 days, taking, you know, only one trip down for that entire period was inconceivable to me yep. um, because of how, you know, reliant I had become on the Zomeg in particular. It was really, truly inconceivable to me, but I thought, okay, I'm going to give this a go mm-hmm. um, and really committed to it. And then once I had, you know, made it through one migraine without medication, I didn't want to take the medication because I didn't want to set myself back. Right. So I think getting started is one of the biggest steps. Just making the decision to commit to it and yep. to do it is, yep. is one of the biggest hurdles to overcome. And then once I was down that path, I just was really motivated to continue. And when the migraines started getting shorter and shorter, it felt like sort of the light at the end of the tunnel because right. I knew that it wasn't going to be three days in bed that typically now a bad migraine will be, you know, sort of one day and the pain is much less significant. I can go about my usual activities. It's not fun, but, you know, right. it's, not, it's not always the case that I find myself, you know, having to lie down. Yeah. And yeah. I, t- I do take the occasional Tylenol if it gets bad. I sort of give myself the the freedom to do that right. because I know <laughs> that it's better than taking a trip down for me. Right. And that, you know, I, I need to also balance life and, right. and, and this condition as and, well. And so. and so much of this is about being able to make these decisions with the right information, right? I mean, it's we are always navigating these kind of things where we're trying to balance, you know, what we need to do today with what we do tomorrow. And it's really just about, you know, being able to make that decision an informed one. And now that you've had this reframing of you know, what that means with respect to medications, you can make a much more informed decision and make one that really truly fits with what your needs are at the moment. For sure. And it was a progression over time. I initially, when I had first read your book, it was, I realized like the M-Tech certainly had to go. And I realized that probably before, I just didn't like taking it. It made me feel really drowsy and just blah. And I also realized that it was making my migraines worse. There was no doubt that when I took the M-Tech, it was making things worse. And the migraines were becoming so severe um, when I was taking that medication that things drastically improved just making that change initially. So even if people aren't ready to make you know, take the full leap in terms of addressing rebound. Mm-hmm. For me, the MTech was first, and then I was taking, I had been on nortriptyline was the last preventative medication I tried, and I just slowly tapered myself off of that. That was sort of the next step. Great. And then, you know, just reducing my consumption of 
Advil and Tylenol. Before, you know, on the advice of my doctor, I would always take the medication very early on (laughs) when I would feel like I would feel like the slightest twinge of a headache or a migraine and I would immediately take, you know, pain medication. I would maybe start off with Advil or Tylenol and then not use the Zomeg until I was pretty sure it was going to be a migraine. Right. But that, you know, once I even changed that and stopped doing that, you know, things did improve to a certain extent. But the tryptans were such an important piece for me. And I've seen the greatest, the biggest change as a result of that. So it's, I definitely would urge people to sort of rip the Band-Aid off. Um, And (laughs) for me, like I said, there wasn't going to be a good time. I thought, well, if I'm on holidays, I'm not going to want to (laughs) spend, you know, my holidays in bed. And, you know, during the times that I'm working or busy with kids, I mean, that's always going to be the situation, right? So I think it was just, I got fed up, I think was probably (laughs) the the final piece. And I said, you know, this is really not, I don't feel as though I'm living the way that, like this condition was dominating or controlling me. Right. Yeah. Most certainly. And just the, there was just so much about my day that I didn't like having to carry the medications and always be cognizant of whether I had them and then having to go to the pharmacy and, you know, make sure if I was going away for the weekend or something that I had enough. And this constant anxiety about managing this was just, I truly thought it would be very liberating if I didn't have to worry about that any longer. And it has been, you know, I still have Zomeg in the house, but (laughs) I don't, I couldn't, you know, tell you how many I have or, right. you know, it's just become a very different yeah. um, way of thinking about it. And I can't say that I'll never take another trip down again, Right. but I certainly will not go back to, I can say that without a doubt, I will not go back to the place that I was in right. prior to this where, you know, yeah. things were just getting sort of progressively worse over time. Right. Yeah. You know how to not to get back there and you know how to get out of there, which is both are huge. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story mm-hmm. and being so generous. There's tons of wisdom you've given and throughout this episode. So That's right. like I said, it's going to help a lot of people and we really, really appreciate it. So thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me and thank you for creating this space. <laughs> it's amazing to me that this type of resource exists for my condition. And I've read a lot of books and things on migraines over the years. And this has been this roadmap that you've created based on your own experiences and the experiences of others has been so helpful. Just really appreciative that uh, you've created this and that it's an evolving sort of community where other people's experiences are you know, contributing to the knowledge base over time. And I have to say, you know, the chatter archives, when I first started to read through them, I couldn't believe the wealth of knowledge that's in there. I mean, every, (laughs) every archive has stuff (laughs) that I've always wondered. And um, to be able to have the opportunity to ask someone about all of these things, that's knowledgeable. You know, I had a really great neurologist for the last several years, but just, I think a lot of the focus is still on the use of medication for migraine. And many doctors still prescribe medications that do make the situation worse. And that's not always recognized. No. Certainly in my case, I don't think it was recognized by the physicians involved in my care that I was in rebound. I sort of had to sort that out on my own. Mm -hmm. And having a resource like this 
was integral to that process. And I would just really encourage people to go and read through those because <laughs> the old archives, because there's just a wealth of knowledge in there on specific topics that are highly relevant to people right. who suffer from migraine. So mm-hmm. again, thank you for that. <laughs> And thank you for the amazing recipes and just the whole thing has been really uh, a lifestyle for me rather than just reading a book. It's, right. um, and like I said, a lot of it was in line with principles I already, that made so much sense to me already. Right. So it's, and the way that it's set out is just really helpful, sort of bite-sized pieces again, the way yeah. that the, you know, your training program mm-hmm. is set out in sort of chapters are things that you'll work on. And I often go back to that, although I've done it before or read it before, at certain points in time, I think information sinks in just a bit differently when Absolutely. you're ready for it. Yep. Yeah. And um, certainly with respect to rebound, when I read through it again, you know, when I was ready to receive that information, fully mm-hmm. receive that information and implement it, I read it in a different way. So I would encourage people to go back through and give things a second read because I always learn something new when I go back, like I said, even though I've done it before. And the menstrual migraine protocol, I think I've read that probably five times recently, <laughs> just to keep it, you know, at the forefront of my Fresh. mind the things that I need to be doing. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. That really means a lot to hear yes. hear all that. We, you know, we spend a, quite a bit of time building those resources and the greatest gift to us is to see people like really using them and really putting it in action. Mm-hmm. And that's, that means a lot. It's also humbling and, and I I appreciate that. So thanks again and uh, really enjoyed talking to you today, Kim. Yes, thank you. Yes, you too. Thanks for having me. All right, bye-bye. Well, that was fantastic, wasn't it, Jenny? It was. So uh, it's, <laughs> I made a lot of notes as she was talking because there was so much wisdom that she shared, so I'm going to have to try to uh, edit myself. But uh, anything that stood out for you in particular, Jen? Yes, one of the things that I really hope people will hone in on from her message is that there is no perfect time to approach breaking rebound. And she did that while she was in the midst of a trial. So I think that's pretty significant. No question. Like, it's really hard. That's like not not the point. The point is like the other side is so much better, Mm -hmm. right? And as you know, as so many people have, have said before, that, uh, you know, it, it was, yes, you know, not fun at first, but, right. but they started seeing signs of improvement and significant improvement pretty quickly. And, and then I don't think we've had a single person who's, who didn't say, why didn't I do that sooner? That's right. Right. Yes. So like she said, there's never going to be, that's a great message. There's never going to be a mm-hmm. perfect time. And it's so true. Um, and she talked about taking, just taking action, right? Just starting. Yes. And that's, mm-hmm. and because the feedback, you know, we see it time and again, these, these critical little pieces of feedback, right? The first migraine that you go through without taking anything, huge mm-hmm. milestone yes. for everybody. That's always a victory. And then, and because then it's like, well, I can do it. I can do this, you know? Um, and then the second being that they start lessening in intensity. That's right. And that, you know, you start seeing these signs of recovery pretty quick. And once you get those, once you get that, those initial pieces of feedback, um, then it makes it a whole lot easier to stick with it. Um, so, yeah, just getting just getting started. Um, hopefully, um, hearing her will motivate some other folks to just get started. That's also, right. Also, um, you know, for her, uh, another thing that we oftentimes see is that folks when they get when they have all the other pieces in place you know really make rapid progress once they get the medication piece out of the way um i just did 
the an interview for the um, Kicking Sugar Summit, and the host asked me, you know, what about someone who has, uh, you know, who has implemented an ancestral diet and mm-hmm. is still getting migraines? You know, what are you going to say? And I said, and I said, you know, almost every single one of those situations, it's going to still it's going to be the medications. That's right. And um, it's you know consistently true. Right, and I think that that's something that is important about her message. She really tried to do what, and frankly, a lot of people do when they come to yes. us is they try to you know work on the diet and even the lifestyle pieces without really addressing that rebound issue and that's really just sort of the first key issue you have to take care of first right that's that's why I, I refer to it as a zero multiplier. It's like, um, so if you mu- multiply any number by zero, you still get zero. Or it's just like if you you can you can have the best car in the world, all the best parts, you know, everything else, but if it doesn't have any gas, it's not going to go anywhere. And it's the same thing with you know you can work on all these other elements that will tr- uh, pay tremendous dividends mm-hmm. if that uh, rebound stuff, if the medications are out of the picture, um, and you're not having that zero multiplier uh, in the picture. Um, That's right. Also, I was glad to hear recognize that not all keto is the same. That's right, yes. Plenty of ways to go keto is another thing we try to get out there is that there there are plenty of ways to go keto that are not uh, migraine friendly at all. Um, We know how how helpful it can be, so Mm -hmm. we want to be able to get people to experience that. And that was a big reason why we started the Keto Blast so that we could give folks an an idea of what uh, the migraine uh, miracle version of it uh, looks like. I also really appreciated her pointing out that um, our community felt different uh, than a lot of what she'd encountered uh, mm-hmm. in the in the migraine world. Certainly, that was a big motivation as well. Was trying to find a, a place uh, that had a, a positive community and a positive message um, because we know that that uh, that alone makes a huge difference. And um, there's unfortunately a lot of negativity and a lot of misinformation out there in the migraine world. A lot of people trying to capitalize on what is a vulnerable population who is kind of ready to do anything. And that's an opportunity for opportunists to take advantage of. And um, and hopefully that uh, more folks will be steered away from those sorts of things um, and uh, find, find their way to a more positive uh, place. That's right. All right. Well, thanks again to Kim. Um, if you want to uh, become part of this community, uh, including people like Kim and all the others who, like she said, are great sources of uh, encouragement, uh, then uh, we'd love to have you in Migraine Neverland. You can find out more by going to MyMigraineMiracle.com, clicking on the Resources tab uh, on the um, top menu. And if you enjoy this podcast, it'd be awesome if you left a rating and review in iTunes. Now, Jenny, what time is it? Time to slay the beast.